Welcome to another episode of VD Clinic. It's another referral slip. It's a time for a checkup, right? The holidays are over. Well, I mean, we do have Martin Luther King Day coming up, but that's not a feast kind of holiday. It's not a holiday associated with gluttony. Yeah. You know. New Year's too is yeah a lot of decadence yeah, exactly I don't know about you but I let myself go the last couple weeks <laughs> oh more than the last couple weeks <laughs> I'm glad most I, most of the sweets are gone and out and given away and well let's say I was making up for the fact that my office didn't have a holiday party. So I was um, I was going to uh, as many drunken <laughs> events as I could. <laughs> and uh, there were many. Yes. So there's a lot of a good getting high and was, doing Godzilla marathons over here. Uh, I was I was watching a lot and reading a lot, actually. Um. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was cramming, trying to finish one book (laughs) for the end of the year because, and I posed this question on our flick chat the other day about uh, reading challenges for the year. Do you, do you set a reading challenge for yourself for the year? Nope. You don't? I I have not done a reading challenge for myself since those summer reading programs where you got pizza. <laughs> I always did that kind of stuff too. Yes, I always did those. That's probably it. You know, in college I I was a English literature and writing major, so I was going to read all the time anyway and then Right. Uh but no, I've I haven't professionally competed in the uh, world book reading since I was. Well, no, a child. I no, I mean even like in the Goodreads, you know, has their they have a reading challenge that you can oh, set. They? Yeah, that you a goal where you can set yourself, and I know they they've been doing it for a while, but I did it last year. I failed. <laughs> well, okay, let me rephrase that. I came up short. I had put out there that I would read 24 books in the year. And that's, I know that was a low number for me, but just I know the past few years work has been busy, so I been, haven't been able to read as much. Yeah. So I put out 24 books. And yes, of course, some of that was going to be what I would read for the show, but obviously that's more than what I would be reading for the show. Yeah. Um, anyway, I officially ended up, I read 14. So 
I, I didn't, you know, that's above 50% of my goal. Um, but I had a, at least part of the year was really, really crazy with work. So yeah, that cut into my reading time. That's more than a Um, book a month. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's better than doing less than 12. Well, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I, I'm not looking at it as if that was a bad, I did a bad job, but I mean, I know I didn't make the goal that I really, really, you know, it was just an arbitrary type thing. I wasn't doing it like even against any of my friends. Yeah. Uh, but I, so again, this year I went ahead and just set it for 24. I'm going to see what happens, but I have already finished one book. Because it was the one that I could not finish. <laughs> I was, I had 26 pages to go as of, yeah, as of December 31st. Um, if I hadn't had a neighbor call me at the, like the last minute to ask me if I wanted to come over and watch like the ball drop on New Year's Eve. I would have been able to finish that other book and it would have been 15 last year. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so I've already finished reading a book this year. And that, that was a book that I actually wanted to mention. It's, it's called remembering Satan, a tragic case of recovered memory by Lawrence Wright. And it's, a true crime book, which everybody knows. I love my crazy stuff like that. Um, and it's about a case that occurred during the whole satanic panic kind of era. Mm. And, you know, this kind of goes back to episode number three in the Michelle remembers kind of thing. And this isn't, and this, I'll, I'll say this isn't, it's a short book. It's like 200 pages it's not the most, you probably could have gotten more detailed and nitty gritty and, you know, a, a little bit, you know, more elaborate style, yeah. you know, writing style. But it is, I guess, a certain word economy. I know I like to use that phrase on this show, but, <laughs> you know, he says there a lot is said in the course of 200 pages because it's partly goes into this whole thing about these accusations that occurred against a sheriff in, um, is it Oregon or Washington? I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, anyway, Oregon. And, um, but anyway, he, it's sexual, you know, molestation, um, accusations that came out of these supposed recovered memories. And it ended up somehow a satanic, cult you know ritual abuse cult you know was involved and all this stuff and it involved law enforcement and blah 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 blah. and it it ended up putting some people behind bars which did they you know did they do something wrong maybe maybe not but evan there's so much evidence that points towards they didn't do anything but there's all this evidence that points to the fact that this satanic cult shit was totally made up. And 
and there's but there's so much that was debunked and they they think that even, i mean like i'm saying that even the recovered memories of these supposed uh, you know instances of sexual uh abuse were they i mean that they think that they didn't happen because of that whole everything that michelle remembers kind of popularized with that recovered memory uh you know kind of psychology bullshit that was so popular and it really just fucks so many people over with um all these different cases you know it's bad enough if you i mean it's just like it's bad enough if you're accusing someone like falsely of a crime but then you got to bring in this satanic element and make it this whole ridiculous over the top thing and giving satan a bad name frankly <laughs> yeah i well and there's but there's I mean, I, I mean not to make light of it you know but it's just the fact of how did these how did so many people believe that this was true and you know I, it's not an absolute i don't know all the details about if something actually did, you know there was something inappropriate that did happen you know or something illegal that did happen but uh, i mean it depends on how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go I was doing a lot yeah. of reading around the like Franklin child sex cover up and all that other shit, and you know the catch and kill book and yeah. all those other things. It, and, I mean, if you it if you want to go into the the why did they bring in Satanism? Right. I mean, it's I know, and I've read so much about that, and I have been going down a rabbit hole too. Oh my goodness. About all of those kinds of things, you know, you know my Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> and a Harvey Weinstein thing that where I'm like, I've got a, I, oh my goodness, all the true crime I've been like podcasts I've been listening to that have had different uh, discussions about this and different things I've been reading about it. Oh, it's incredible! It's incredible, yeah. Yeah, that and the Harvey Weinstein thing. It's just, uh, I don't know. But this book, I'm just telling you, it's what I find so interesting about it is the way it goes into this whole phenomenon of these recovered memory psychology, like the like the entire movement, and it makes you really start questioning whether certain mental health people who people who call themselves mental health care providers are actually certified or like in any clinical or you know professional way like on a genuine level more than just oh you have a certificate off the internet <laughs> <laughs> that says no i mean and it's true it's really school mental hospital but it's it's interesting that i know i've had this discussion with my psychiatrist before 
I mean, the one I go to so I can get my crazy pills. Um, I joke about that. But you know what I mean? That's that's who I, I have to see a medical doctor so I can get that prescription. I mean, New York State is very strict about their uh, their pharmaceuticals. Um, at least their psych drugs. Anyway, um, but the talking about what licensing you have to have to be to call yourself a psychologist it's not as difficult it's not as elaborate as you think it is like and some people who call themselves therapists like they i mean like the certification is yeah i mean it's scary yeah it's, yeah they really don't all, they scary. They don't have masters or PhDs. <laughs> That's exactly it. That is exactly it. That's why I'm saying somebody who's just printed a piece of paper off the internet. Yeah, yeah. it's a so it's a very it's a very fascinating book in that way. Just talking about that, and of course, it does name check Michelle remembers and that bullshit. And how that influenced this entire recovered memory movement. And I mean, that's been debunked. So, although you get more, you get more actual Satan in Michelle Remembers, even if it is bad Canadian Satan. Um, you know, this just is points out. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, the what people will I don't know. It's like what it's a game of telephone. What, you know, one person says one thing and says it to another and then they say it to another and to another and then all of a sudden the what comes back to the original person is something totally different. It's and you don't know where things have come from. It's it's very fascinating. But, and, um, and so my next book, I'm actually, I haven't finished yet. And it's, I'm, I'm doing the audio book version of it, mm-hmm. um, is, uh, a killer across the table by Johnny Douglas. Uh, he wrote Mindhunter and that series is, is like the holding character on there is based on him. Okay. And the audio, the audio book is actually read by Jonathan Groff from Mindhunter, who oh, plays, nice. who plays the. But it, it supposedly at the end of the audio book, which I'm not there yet, but I will be in, I probably tomorrow. <laughs> well, <laughs> <and a half laughs> <commutes. laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but anyway, so there's an interview between the two of them. Oh, cool. Like a bonus, a bonus interview. So, yeah. But I'm enjoying it. I mean, the Mindhunter book I'd, I'd read before. I've, uh, I've read some other things that he's written. And, I, you know, it's, it, it's very interesting, this, I mean, because it is, yes, we... You know, you're familiar with Mindhunter. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, 
we see all of these different things, but this is also coming from a point of view of, okay, he's retired and he's gone far past that, you know, and how is he being brought back into this world, uh, you know, where he's still profiling in one way or another. So, I mean, there's kind of like that interesting thing about how his career you know, how you see he becomes useful. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, M- MSNBC wants to do a, you know, a true crime series and they're having him go do a pilot, you know, <laughs> like, and they're going to have him go talk to someone, you know, such and such killer and, you know, different things like little things like that that are added in there, which are kind of funny. You know, when you're looking at it in the grand scheme of things, I mean, Things he probably never thought he'd be doing. But, like, when he started the movement. But, you know, just talking about, okay, what, where do you go when you've talked to, you've been doing this for so long? What kind of cases do you, and, you know, and you're retired, what kind of cases do you want to go work on? What is going to make, what's going to, what do you find interesting? You know, what is still left to be, you know, discovered Mm. in that world of profiling. And, you know, and I find that I find that interesting because. I mean, the profiling I and forensics, that's something I I mean, I seriously considered becoming a coroner at one point. And I, I don't know the psychology behind you know, behind true crime is is fascinating to me. Did I ever ask you if you read Behind the Formaldehyde Curtain? I do not. No, you do not ask me that. Have you ever read Behind the Formaldehyde Curtain? No, I have not. It's uh, on my to list. Oh, okay. Yes. I might have an an excerpt or the whole thing in PDF from college. I just found a whole bunch uh, of shit on flash drives and yeah, I, I forget in what class, but um, I had, I have yeah. to have seen the, the title somewhere. Anyway, sorry. No, saying? no, I was just saying, no, I, um, no, I'm in, I'm in, I've enjoyed the book so far. I mean, it's, I don't think that anything's going to change before between now and, you know, the end of (laughs) the book (laughs) to change that. So I would definitely recommend it. And, you know, if it's very conversational and like I said, I mean, the, the audio book, I mean, is, is nice and easy, even though it is, it's not a short, well, 11, 12, 12 hours or something, you know, as far as an audiobook goes. And, you know, if you've seen Mindhunter, you've heard Jonathan Groff in that voice. It's, <laughs> it's very soothing while he talks about <laughs> murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's very calm. Yes. And also... Death it's perfect for Vanessa it's down. perfect yeah perfect perfect for a commute see i listen to that so i don't have to murder 
<laughs> me hey, and you know, so many other works. New York, me and so many other New Yorkers. You wouldn't. It's it's really funny the amount of people I know that <laughs> live here that listen to the true crime podcasts. Or yeah, yeah. Or uh, read true crime books. I actually saw one woman on a train reading a true crime book that um, actually that I've read before. <laughs> well, I know you were a fan of the Atlanta Child Murder series, the uh, true crime mm-hmm. podcast. You, yeah. Are you aware that they have begun a new season covering the DC Sniper? I am, but I have not listened to it yet. First couple episodes are good. Uh, there is uh, arc, you know, uh, audio recordings and stuff spliced in of you know nine one one calls and stuff. So it's not breezy, uh, but we, I don't I don't think anybody would expect a series about the DC sniper to be breezy. But yeah. First two episodes are up. I think I don't know if they kept them all up in the Atlanta child murder thread, but the first episode definitely showed up there. But I found it's got its own thing, and that had two episodes up. So, yeah, that's a lot of times that's what they'll do is they'll put like the first episode and you know, or two up in the feed from like a show that had like one season. And to kind of pull you over to another feed. So. So that you're there by episode two or three. So I didn't mean to hijack your talking about the book if you were still. No, no I was finished. I was finished. I was going to turn it over to you. Okay. Um, those are actually my only two books I have right now. I, I mean, I'm still reading bits and pieces of other books, which is sad. I'm like, I need to focus. <laughs> but some days I feel like reading some things, and some days, I feel, other days I feel like reading other things. So, you know, that's how that goes. So what? So what? Uh, your uh, first recommendation? So yeah, as as I was trying to segue us out of. Out of my true crime crazy stuff. (laughs) Regular world murder. I, too, have read a book this year. It is not a very long book. I think it's about 270-something pages. Um, It is, as you wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride by Carrie Elways. Uh, and well, Carrie Elways and Joe Layden, so I'm sure Carrie Elways told him a bunch of stuff. Um, I did the audiobook of this one because Carrie Elways reads it, as does uh, occasionally pops in Carol Kane and uh, Chris Sarandon and Rob Reiner, and obviously not Andre the Giant as he has passed and. Um, Wallace Shaw. He did. Uh, there was there was a clip of him talking and Robin Wright. So most of the okay. original cast ha- had um, added their voices here and there, uh, and <laughs> just for Carrie Elways's impression of Rob Reiner. Yeah, it the audio book is worth it. But Rob Reiner actually himself does pop in from things, and it's yeah. 
I mean, it's it's all there in the title. I know Vanessa is dead inside and she does not care about the Princess Bride. But many of you... <laughs> Neither does David, I asked him. It's okay. I I would not be surprised. But see, that's why, da- that's why David and I get along. <laughs> that's, why, that's why David and I get along. <laughs> you two are human cats just flicking your tails at us who like the Princess Bride. And, I, you know... We we have an age difference, but like you said, there's plenty of people that you your contemporaries that like it. You just don't. I this came out when I was a little kid, huh? No, no, no. In my defense, I want to clarify that. Do not spread that lie around. I just said it's it's just okay to me. It's not that I don't like it. It's not that I don't like it, but it's just okay to me. It's not great. It's never stuck with me. That's all. I didn't say I didn't like it. Okay? That's, so that's, that's, that's on the record. That's the same as not liking it because this is the princess part. No. <laughs> no, but to be Shut fair, up. yes. You you don't have anything bad to say about it. Um, I, you know, dressed up as Wesley for Halloween. Me and my friends had sword fights. This came out in the perfect wheelhouse for me. I forget when the movie came out, 86 or 89. But the book came out in 2014. And it's it's just really fun. If you I think if you care about filmmaking and not necessarily the movie, you would still like the book, but it's got a lot of cool little things. You know, they were all in love with Robin. And sounds like she and Carrie always made some sort of really cool connection um, the way they talk about each other. And it talks about the whole, the rumor about Andre the giant and his really, really, really long fart. I don't know if you've heard that story. No, I have not. It it does happen. Uh, And that's a funny situation, but they do talk a lot about Andre and his life and how he was, (laughs) <laughs> on set and stuff and just little little tidbits here and there and I can hear Carrie always talk for ever I can listen to Chris Sarandon talk forever and um, it was a little tad of a bummer that uh, Mandy Patinkin didn't come but a voice actor read his part and uh Quick little read, fun, you know, I think, yeah, that, that's really the only thing I've I've read. I've bought a fuckload of books, and there's something that I'll talk about a little bit in my next recommendation, but uh, like you said, when you, you, you know, you, you would, I, I probably didn't even get that far in any of the other books that I've bought. You know, you're at least partially through that one you haven't finished. Yeah, yeah, I, but... Okay. Cool. So the Princess Bride so, for everybody, for everybody. Except for David and Vanessa. And Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are we you're right, we are like cats. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're knocking fine. the water off your we're <laughs> knocking the water off the table and just yeah. looking like we didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Zora oh, agrees. There. The, <laughs> Zora's chiming in for break time. 
Yes, on that note, we'll take a quick break and then we will come right back. This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now... Back to the cutting room. And we are back. I was thinking about things that I haven't necessarily started, but I've kind of started. And that was going to be my, my, my last thing that I was going to say if I brought it up at all. I watched the first episode of The Watchmen Show last night. And okay. if you've watched it. I have not. You have not. I didn't really care that much about the movie, and I never bought the comics, which I know is sacrilege. I am reading a bunch of comics right now. I'm reading uh, From Hell, and I'm trying to make my way through Transmetropolitan. A good recommendation from our buddy The Witch. But uh, I watched, yeah, I watched the first episode of the show just gits and shiggles and mm-hmm. I liked it I, I wasn't sure if I was gonna from some of the stuff I've heard about the mood and the tone of a lot of the stuff and you know yeah I really think I fell asleep the first time I tried to watch the Watchmen movie I, I, I felt a I felt like I heard a bit of a tone in your voice when I brought it up are you a not a fan of this series I don't I don't need, I've not seen anything other than the movie, the first one, I, whatever. I don't even remember. Yeah. You don't remember how you Not on my right. Movie? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's. It was one of those things where I just, I, I was into the atmosphere, like, like some of the visual things, but I just couldn't pay attention. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, it may I have just been a sign that I saw it, you know, one of those kind of things. Yeah. Or it was like, oh, I just happened to be flipping channels and stuck it on that channel and I have in the background. That could have been it. I tend to multitask <laughs> <laughs> for, for better or worse. <laughs> well, I figured I'm going to at least give the show another couple episodes and see... If, if I still like it uh, and then I got a good deal on the comics. So I'm going to poke my way through there. 
And I've been trying to read. <laughs> it's so immature that I, I guess my book challenge has been to try to read more comics and graphic novels this year. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, you know, I got a, I got a book about propaganda and comics for Christmas. And it's, it's, it could be like a New Year's resolution and I'm just coming out the gates, guns blazing. And then by March, I will have forgotten that I was going to be doing it. But who knows? Uh, but I'm, I'm sure you've got something a little bit more coherent to say. Um, I don't know about that. I, I have a lot that I can say. I told you I had to whittle myself down, you know, whittle my uh, choices down because I, I went through a period where I wasn't watching much of anything. I was just, okay, I'd stick a rerun of something on in the background or some news program. And I was not really paying attention to it. It wasn't, I wasn't going through movies as much as I was or as I usually do for just various reasons. And so I started making up for it recently, <laughs> I guess. And, um, let's see the, the fact that I, I guess I've had these few little like vacation days or the holidays here and there, you know, just days, random days off. I've had a little bit more time to catch up. And so I've been going through my, um, Blu-ray collection and these different things that I ordered from specifically the Criterion Collection editions that I had ordered over the past year. And because I, I realized there were some that I'd ordered that I hadn't watched yet. And even though I had seen this film before and I renew it, I thought about this movie, I ended up watching the a criterion version of John Waters polyester <laughs> starring divine and tab hunter <laughs> and i i haven't gotten through i haven't finished all the special features yet which they're you know they're always great and those and i always love the packaging but i didn't realize that it came with a scratch and sniff odorama card uh, i was so excited over the stupid thing <laughs> but that's exactly why i buy criterion collections like there's just i mean there are other companies i'll do that with if they're going to have some sort of special packaging yeah and Criterion, they always, they also have very good as far as just, you know, notes about the actual film process and everything, uh, the actual cinematic experience, whatever. <laughs> but I love that they, in, they recognize that that Odorama card, like scratch and sniff or whatever, was just as much a part of this movie as the actual what's on film. <laughs> and I just love that they included that. So that's one thing I did want to recommend is that if you're in the market or your next time that there's criterion collection, I think Barnes and Noble has, they usually do one in like February or March or something. So they're usually like 50% off. Yeah. Um, 
go ahead and get that. I highly, I, I recommend it. And like I said, I'm work, I'm still working my way through the special features, but I've been, I've been enjoying those so far. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, but I always enjoy John Waters and, you know, divine is awesome. <laughs> Tab Hunter is kind of hysterical. Um, yeah. But, and, and so, yeah. And then I'll, yeah, there's some others that I was watching too, but I to kind of rail, you know, rein myself in. I want to switch gears to so the Golden Globes were the, as of recording this past um, weekend, and so I was kind of catching up on some things that were nominated. Like, for instance, I caught up with, finally, I don't know why I hadn't seen it sooner, but like I said, I caught, there was a period where I wasn't watching as many movies as I normally would. And so I just, I finally caught up with uh, Eddie Murphy's in Dolomite is My Name. Oh, that Netflix on, on Netflix. Movie. Mm-hmm. And I had rewatched Dolomite not that long ago, too, because I had been wanting to see this. But I was kind of like, okay, when am I going to get around to it? And then I, I was like, oh, yeah, he's nominated for a Golden Globe for this, which he didn't win. But um, he did a great job <laughs> as Rudy Raymore. There was, a, I mean, he's still a better actor <laughs> than Rudy Raymore, but... <laughs> He he totally had just you know the movements and everything done and I mean it was a great cast and if you see so much just the the attention to detail that was put into recreating the nonsense and the awesomeness <laughs> that was Rudy Ray Moore and Dolomite in the making of Dolomite. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's pretty, I mean, it's, it's, it's just fun. Have you seen it? No, I, I haven't. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those in my lists. Mm-hmm. No, it's fun. It's, you know, it's just under two hours, so it is a little on the longer side, but it doesn't necessarily feel so much like two hours um because it's it's just kind of an interesting story about how all of the you know he broke into this certain place in um in hollywood but um and and actually made this kind of crazy career uh even though his later career seems like crazier <laughs> once, once you know where all the Dolomite movies go, but, <laughs> but yeah. So that's one thing, but then someone who did win, um, on a, for a, a golden globe was, uh, I, but is I'm going to recommend and I don't know if I I don't think I've said this before but it's the t it's the TV uh the Hulu show uh Rami and 
actually, the show itself didn't win a Golden Globe, but Rami Yusuf, the star of it, did. Um, star and creator. And it's about this um, Arab Muslim family in New Jersey. And he's kind of, you know, millennial dealing with dating uh, and balancing being, yeah, basically balancing being secular, but still observant, but also, you know, family traditions, but just, you know, being in the modern world and, you know, they're from Egypt and here they are in New Jersey, (laughs) you know, like. (laughs) I I saw a trailer for that. And it's, it seems like, and, and when you saw his Golden Globe, like acceptance speech, he's like, it's an awfully specific journey or like he put, he words it something like that. And it is, it seems very specific, but it's very interesting. And he, you know, he plays it well. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his standup before. Um, I mean, he, you know, he's good at, as doing standup too, but I like, I, I like the series where they're half hour episodes, but it's still an epic, you know, there's still an element of drama to the comedy and what's done in half an hour. It, you know, they're very interesting, very interesting. And I also, I love it when, um, you know, it was, I don't know. <clears throat> Sorry. I just lost my train of thought. I lost my notepad that I had. No, I lost my notepad that I had anyway. And I, I was panicking for a moment. Um, going off the cuff. <laughs> I am. Away. Sorry. Sorry. No, I was, um, I was trying to keep this shorter anyway. Um, no, I, so I just wanted to recommend that briefly. And so then just kind of a, say a golden, a general note about the golden globes. I know we went, we did an in-depth discussion last year about the Oscars and maybe we'll do that again. Maybe not. We'll see how we feel about it. Um, once nominations come out, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. (laughs) We'll discuss that later. But uh, what I did want to say, if you know, the Golden Globes kind of like it's the kickoff of award season in a way, and so it's are these the indicators of what's what everything's going to look like? Well, maybe, maybe not. But there are some things that okay, I totally expected to be you know, to be in the ring for Oscar and SAG award or BAFTA or whatever, all, you know, I think they just announced the BAFTA nominees too this week. So, is it the screen actors guild? The one where they all get drunk and fuck off a lot. Which one? Or is that the, that's the golden globes. That's the golden golden globes. (laughs) No, that's the golden globes. Um, the first party. No, Ricky, Ricky Gervais started it off with a, he had a pint glass of beer. So I, I, yeah, but anyway, oh yeah. Which by the way, Brad Pitt won for once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, cool. Supporting actor. I'm assuming. Yeah. Supporting actor in a musical or comedy. 
Nice. I like yeah, that. Yeah, which... I Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's kind of, you know, it was kind of like, made me think of, this is exactly what we've said before about he's a great supporting man. Yeah. Yeah. Too handsome yeah. to be a character actor, but he tries. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, I, I'm sure he'll at least be nominated for an Oscar, but it wouldn't surprise me if he won it. Just the way that so many of the critics have been praising that performance. But anyway, like I said, these could be, I could go on about them, but it, it just seems like I, I think we are starting to see kind of where, it's it's much less diverse than it as far as nominations racially. Uh, although Aquafina did win, I heard for yeah the um, first Asian for uh, to win for a lead actress. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I've seen anything that she's been in. I just know her as the musician. I mean, I know she acts. I know she's been in some big things. But. Yeah, I didn't see the farewell. Um, she, I know she had been getting critical acclaim for it. It's a drama, but um, I've seen her do comedy in films, and she actually has a a new, I think, Comedy Central series starting soon. But yeah, so. Yeah, they're saying the same thing that the BAFTAs, like just the nominations just came out and they're like, oh no, everybody's so white. And I'm like, well, also <laughs> you could be, you could say it's there, it's, it's the British, you know, film awards and um, they're all white people over there. No, I'm kidding. They're not all white people, but it just seems like it's an awfully white country <laughs> in their mind. <laughs> When you were first we, describing the award season, I thought you were talking about the presidential primaries when you're talking about there's a lot of them and it's getting less and less racially diverse. Well, and that too. That's sort of how I yeah. picture the award show seasons. Like they, the first few, some, well, some, know, some of the favorites aren't going to be there at the end. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, you know, there was that whole movement for Oscars, so, again, you know, the Oscars so white, you know, a few years ago. And they're just, you started seeing a definite racial diversity and more women, you know, also uh, being, you know, being brought in to be members of like the Academy and some of the, but they, didn't do they you know they did it with some of these other organizations too but you know it was like oh you had a small uptick and then nope we're gonna go back to where the way things always have been you know mm-hmm. which you know the critics the critics are gonna say one thing and then these the people who vote for these awards are gonna do something entirely different it's always that way. The public gonna be on a totally other place. <laughs> Very rarely is anybody all together. <laughs> but 
that's but, what, the are the Oscars in March or April? March. March. Or are they? When are they this year? I have to check. And anyway, so that I I, I know I kind of just went off on a tangent, um, babbling about the Golden Globes a little bit and uh, Oscars, but Oscars we found out in our brief little break <laughs> that we had to do <laughs> because I lost my place and Zora invaded my space. Um, that the Oscars are earlier this year. They are February 9th. So yeah. Hmm. A month and a day away those... as of this yeah. recording, not to date ourselves. But yeah, but then because it's obviously taking place in a moment in time. Yeah, I mean, it was just announced today that they're not, we're not, they're not having a host for it, but they haven't even released the nominations yet. So that's kind of strange. Maybe they're, yeah, <laughs> they're re, they're waiting on that re-edit of Cats. <laughs> oh my God, no. Ugh. Anyway. I've seen so many great quotes about how bad that is. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can only imagine what train wreck it is. I think the funniest little thing I heard about it was. I, I wasn't necessarily a cat person when I went into watching this movie, but after this movie, I don't even know if I'm a movie person anymore. <laughs> But I haven't seen it. I don't know. I, I remember really liking some of the songs when I was seven or eight or whenever I heard it. Um, but I never, you know, I never went and saw it or anything. I was, I had to go see it. It was the thing in the 80s. I had to go see it. I had to sing songs from it in school. <laughs> Chorus Memory class. Or- like an old in the moonlight. Oh, that song? Yeah. Other ones, too. Yeah. And I had to, even in when the dance troops I was in, I had to do a dance to one of the numbers from that. Oh, my God. No. Magical Mr. Mustafali. That's, that's the worst, is when you have to dance that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be the cat. <laughs> Uh, my my uh, third grade show choir instructor was obsessed with the music from the little mermaid at the time Mm. but anyway everybody was obsessed with it like that's just there are just certain things that you know i was also in school when it was like annie was a thing and that you could not escape annie <laughs> and I, as a result, I just don't like Annie. <laughs> oh right, we we talked about that. Yeah, again, I'm dead inside. <laughs> right. Yep. And we're gonna send Vanessa to get less dead inside somehow, uh, but she can't do that on Mike. But um. So anyway, what are we going to uh, have uh, coming up? Darren, please tell our dear listeners, I need to stop talking. (laughs) Well, I did not sneak a peek at our secret calendar thing. So I don't know what's going on in March, if that's happened yet. But 
No, our and for the end of January. Oh, the end of January. Sorry, I am. Yeah, what's way, it? Way ahead. Yeah. I, I even you, skipped February. We haven't even mentioned February yet. Well, forget about February. We're talking about January. Why are you talking about other months, Vanessa? Um, the end later on, you will hear us doing the Basketball Diaries by Jim Carroll, and the Basketball Diaries starring. Leonardo DiCaprio, Juliette Lewis, Bruno Kirby, Lorraine Bracco, Marky Mark without the Funky Bunch. Other people, I've, <laughs> um, a lot of people are in this. A lot of famous 90s people. Yeah. So well, a lot of people had careers beyond that because, yeah, but anyway. We're going to be doing the book and the movie. I know that was just because I was shooting from the hip. I, I'm i trying not to make it just be. You book, were shooting. Movie. You were shooting something. <laughs> I was under pressure. You said I had to decide right then. I couldn't think. It was the first thing that it, came to my mind. But the thing is, we, and I, I think I, I mentioned this before. We've been taught, you, you had brought up this a while ago. So this has been tossed around here and there. It was just never decided as to the time. And so I forced you to decide. That's all. <laughs> or you you decided. So the idea was already actually out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't want anybody to think that this is Vanessa's fault, even though I said it's Vanessa's fault. And we should clear that up hey, right now. It, and, it probably is my fault anyway. And I guess I should also slightly clarify my previous recommendation. I wasn't necessarily recommending The Watchmen because I don't even know if I like it yet. I am recommending reading more comics because they, they've they definitely been relaxing me in, in a special kind of way. In a wholesome yeah. way. I, I too, have been trying to read more comics or graphic novels. So, it's, it's outside of my wheelhouse. Out, it's totally getting me out of my comfort zone. I'm kind of enjoying it. We've got Durf's yeah. Kent State graphic novel coming out this spring. I know. Um, There's a Tina Horn uh, safe sex one that... I want to find. So we're getting, we're, we're, we're looking back into the matrix, everybody. But I think what we're trying to say is I think we're done. And we, we are for today. Yeah, we are for today. So the basketball diaries or whatever the plural of diaries is Vanessa. Do you know? Just the basketball diaries? Yeah. The two basketball diaries? Yes. Uh, we, we basketball have... diaries is already plural. You're just increasing the number of basketball diaries. The diaries. It's still the same. <laughs> the diaries basketballs? Uh, well, anyway. No, that's possessive. <laughs> I, my brain is shutting down. It's time to go. It is. On that note... Okay, take your medicine. We will be back soon. VD.
It's for <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the VD Clinic. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at Twitter at VD Clinic Pod or reach us via email at vdclinicpod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group, VD Clinic Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and more.